Welcome to the Red Bra Project Podcast, where red bra moments live. I'm Renee Bouse, founder and co-creator of the Red Bra Project. Each week, my co-host Shauna and I bring new conversations from amazing women all over the globe, sharing their stories of hope, wisdom, inspiration, and power, right alongside of grit, sweat, resilience, beauty, and tears. These stories help to elevate and inspire your life, creating a positive ripple effect. Get ready to feel the energy, motivation, and self-assurance to rock your everyday. We are so excited to have you join us. Let's do this. Hello and welcome to the Red Bra Project. I'm Renee here and we are here with episode number 47. Can't believe it, already 47 on the Red Bra Project with an incredible guest tonight. So we connected recently and it was just kind of an instant connection. We just chatted about how we were kind of watching each other from afar a little bit, but we just knew and when we kind of virtually met Tiana, we knew that we had to reach out to her and see if she was open to sharing her story and what she's doing out there and kind of how she's empowering, not just women, but um, a specific group of women as well. And I mean, women of all ages can learn from her story. So we're so excited to have you tonight, Tiana. I'm so excited to be here, to be with you and to be with your listeners and subscribers. Hi, everyone. Hey, oh, yay, we're so excited. So why don't you start off by telling us a little bit about your background, where you currently are from, and kind of a little bit about your story that you're going to share with us tonight. Sure. So my name is Tiana Washington, and I am a licensed social worker based here in New York City. And I've been in the field of social work and advocacy for the past 10 years now, primarily working with the youth population, those that have been diagnosed with cognitive delays, uh, behavioral disturbances, things along those lines. And I recently launched He Speaks NYC a small business dedicated to raising mental health and wellness awareness for the youth population in underserved communities here in the city. And I've really founded this business on the belief that conversations around anxiety, depression, mental health awareness, self-love, self-esteem, what that looks like, I felt like those conversations should not be isolated to just adults. I felt like those are conversations that we should be having with our young people because they go through a lot. And a lot of the things I see young people go through today are simply things that I personally did not have to deal with when I was growing up. So I really founded this business on the belief that we can really impact and change the lives of young people one conversation at a time. And that's how T Speaks NYC came to be. That is so beautiful because it's just, it's as simple as that to know that you have such a beautiful power in having one conversation. And even if it is just one conversation, the fact that you're going to keep having those one conversation, you're impacting and changing lives just by bringing it to light and talking about it and not keeping it hidden or, you know, keeping it for the older demographic and things like that, because you're absolutely right. Our youth go through so much, especially now in social media. Yes. Yes. A hundred percent. I mean, and I'm going to share it a bit with you later, but you know, early when I was growing up, I had my own experiences with bullying, but here's the thing. 
my bullying experiences ended when the school day ended. At 3 p.m., I knew I no longer had to deal with it. But now with the invent of, you know, all these social media platforms and outlets, as great as they can be, there's also a huge risk factor in a lot of that in that it follows our teens home. And they have a really hard time unplugging from and the bullying, in a sense, follows them home as well. So as before, you would think our child or our children are in the comforts of their home and is safe. That is no longer the case. Cyberbullying is something that so many of my teens are experiencing. And again, to your earlier point, they're not really talking with their parents about what it is that they're experiencing. When I host a lot of my community events or workshops at schools or libraries, one of the main things that they say to me is, Ms. Tiana, we don't tell our parents about what we're going through. And when I ask them why, their response is, they're not going to get it. They're not going to understand. They're going to blow it out of proportion. And then what happens? They end up keeping these things bottled up inside, and they end up manifesting sometimes in really detrimental ways. Oh my gosh, you make so many great valid points. And so I feel like I just have 500 really quick questions just to kind of recap <laughs> on what we just kind of went Bring over. On. <laughs> you are currently a full-time social worker, correct? Yes. Okay. And you launched um, your company about two years ago. Is that right? So I'll, I'll backtrack. So I've been in the field of social work and advocacy, like I mentioned, close to 10 years now. And currently, I work with our school's educational system with the babies. And when I say babies, I mean like our threes and our fours. And I consult with the teachers and the principals and directors about bringing social emotional learning practices into the classroom. That's my nine to five. My five to nine, I guess you could say, is T Speaks NYC, which I launched actually a couple months ago. September of this year, we launched T Speaks NYC. And Renee, I can't tell you, in launching this business, I could not imagine how many folks I would connect with, how many young people's lives that would be impacted just in reaching out, just in doing a workshop, just in doing a podcast interview or a video on my IG page, because I, I tend to sometimes do a lot of mental health and wellness videos targeted towards young people. And since launching the business itself two months ago, I've honestly been overwhelmed in a good way with the response and feedback from schools that have reached out to partner or nonprofits that have seen the workshops, um, from deans, from teachers who have seen some of my affirmation sessions and they're like, like, we need this in our schools. We need this in our programs. So it's, it's an overwhelming feeling, but in a really good way. Absolutely. For sure. Because, you know, if you weren't, overwhelmed with the response you know it 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 would be a different place right now and so obviously you know that you were meant to launch this and all fears set aside and everything else you're doing in your life and your business and your personal life this was this was your passion and meant to be and that's incredible so congratulations and i know you just had your first like 
incredibly just involved and intense event and it seems like it went beautifully. Yes, yes, yes. My inaugural Ban Bullying and Building Self-Esteem Summit. Um, it was, I believe, maybe a week and a half ago now at this point. Um, and it had always been a dream of mine to have a bullying summit for teen girls because I had my own experiences with bullying growing up. Um, I was teased for the color of my skin um, tremendously throughout early elementary. And at 9, 10, 11 years old, I had already understood what it meant to be pretty for a dark-skinned girl. That is what folks would say. Or you'd be so much more attractive if you were just a couple shades lighter. I mean, these were some of the things that I was hearing. Um, so colorism was really big for me growing up. And going back to our earlier points, I, I did not share with my parents. And keep in mind, my parents and I, we have a really strong relationship, but I did not tell them, Renee. I really kind of kept it in until things kind of hit ahead one day. Um, I think it was maybe a good friend of mine or maybe even someone I had a crush on that really kind of ripped into me one day and was saying some really hurtful things. And I came home and I was a mess. I was crying, I was really upset. And my mom very much wanted to know what is going on? What is the matter? I can see that you're not okay. And I told her, I told her everything. I told her about the things that they were saying in school, about my skin color. I told her how it was really kind of impacting the way that I was feeling about myself. Um, I told her about my uncertainty with my parents are saying that I'm beautiful, but then I'm going to school and I'm hearing the complete opposite. And as a 10-year-old, 11-year-old, really struggling with that. And she had a very honest conversation with me about the importance of loving yourself, the importance of embracing who you are, and not only on the external, but internal as well. Um, she spoke to me about the importance of blocking out the outside noise and really focusing on your own inner thoughts and beliefs about yourself and also about self-hate and what that can look like for young people and how that manifests. And that kind of began my journey of self-love and embracing who Tiana was and what that meant, both physically, internally. And to that point, that's how my bullying summit was essentially birthed. I wanted to put on an event that I would have wanted as a young girl growing up. And in doing so, we actually sold out within the first week of launching the summit, we sold out. And I was over the moon. I called my husband. I was like, babe, the summit sold out. It sold out. Because also remember, I mean, in taking that leap of faith, right? You have a lot of doubt. Is this going to work? Yeah. Are people going to be interested? Will this be a success? Will it fail? I had... Renee, I can't tell you how many dreams I had that I showed to the summit and that no one was there, that it was an empty room, that we had no girls. 
Um, and my husband would say, just relax, it'll be okay. And sure enough, we sold out. And I was able to really connect with some amazing young women who had pretty significant histories of bullying and trauma related to their bullying experiences. And I cannot even begin to describe what it felt like being in the room with those girls. It was, it was magical. That is absolutely incredible. And I mean, the fact that you are becoming a trusted source of person for these women to go to, these young women who need an outlet, who need somebody. And, you know, you may have wonderful relationships with your parents and, you know, but there is, there, there is a disconnect when, you know, you're nine, 10 and 11 and you don't feel like you're going to be understood. And um, quick, quick, incredible, just gratitude and kudos to your mom for having such an amazing, impactful conversation with you at such a young age that you're sitting here telling me about. And I mean, you were 10 or 11, but that conversation sounds like it really became the foundation for you to build up who Tiana is. And um, that's awesome. And I know she is like one of your biggest cheerleaders and a woman that you absolutely respect in your life. So there's a lot there. Oh, a hundred percent. My mom is, and kudos to my dad because he's there too. I love you too, dad, if you're watching. <laughs> but since we're talking about inspiring women, right, right. in our lives, my mom is like, kudos a hundred percent. Like I admire her. I look up to her so much. She's also a social worker. She's been in the field for, I want to say over 30 years now. So she has a lot of experience under her belt. And I remember going to her graduate classes with her at 12 when she was working a full-time job and she would pick me up after school and then go in the city to attend her graduate classes. And I remember attending classes with her. And of course, at the time, I didn't necessarily understand what it was that my mom was learning. But I remember, I remember asking her every time on the train ride home, Ma, aren't you tired? Aren't you tired? You had such a long day. And her response to me was just, you do what you have to do when you love what you do. And at 12, I'm like, what does that mean? But in growing up, you, you kind of, you understand that you do what you have to do when you love what you do. And she has supported me so much, even throughout this journey, this process of launching my business. I had times when I was like, I don't know if this is for me. I don't know if you know, this is something I should launch. Maybe I should. I mean, I had so many moments of self-doubt and she really spoke to me and said, look, if this is something that you believe in, give yourself a shot. See what happens. You know, you can try it and it fails and you try again, or you can really push at it and it works and it's successful and you prove yourself right. So kudos to mom. Love you, mom. Thanks for everything. She's definitely, um, yeah, one of my favorite, my favorite people. <laughs> that's so awesome. And I mean, that's a great segue to you had, you know, just having your mom there supporting you during those tough moments and those times of doubt. I mean, we all have them. And it's funny because you even mentioned it yourself, but somebody can be on the outside looking in and they may not see any of that, but really it, it all happens right inside here. But how did you, and I, I really love the way you kind of break it down systematically, but share with our viewers how you push through some of the self-doubt and the fear to be able to launch um, your passion business, so to speak. What, what worked for you? Um, honestly, 
aside from having a really strong support system um, to include my family, my husband, um, faith is really big for me. Um, I'm not a, in a sense, super religious person, but I am very much faith-based. And a lot of times when I'm experiencing moments of doubt, I will lean on my faith um, to really kind of take me through it and to push me through that. Um, meditation is huge for me because my life can get very busy. Life is hectic for me. It just is. Um, I have my nine to five, my five to nine ventures with my husband that we dabble in. Life gets busy. And sometimes you can forget to just pause and to really take moments in. And before I launched my LLC, Renee, I had had moments of thinking to myself of this isn't going to work. This isn't going to work. I had managed to convince myself that it would not work. Um, I would come up with reasons why I shouldn't do it. Oh, it'll be too expensive to file the paperwork. Um, oh, there's so many people already doing this work. Um, so many self-sabotaging thoughts that I had experienced. And Honestly, what pushed me through it, I kind of got to a point where I said, Tiana, look, you're either going to do this and it works out phenomenally, or you do it and it doesn't, and you can try it again. And when I kind of got honest with myself in that way, I felt the layers of fear slowly start to melt away. It wasn't completely gone. But I did find myself getting to a place of, you can do this. And I recently joined Instagram because I had a mentor tell me, you know, I think this would be a great tool for you, a great avenue for you to kind of see other folks doing this work and connecting with them. And to be honest, Renee, when I joined Instagram, it also helped to give me that push as well because I was able to see so many inspiring women doing similar work and getting feedback from them. How did you manage being a wife? How did you manage being an entrepreneur while still having your nine to five and really kind of receiving feedback and their support? I was like, you know what, Tiana, you got this, you can do it. And come September, I launched the LLC. Yes. I love this because it is a beautiful example of using social media for the positive honing in and focusing on um, being vulnerable, putting your needs out there, putting your questions out there, finding a support system that maybe you haven't met in person, but online and choosing to surround yourself virtually with those people. And then of course, in person with, with your crowd that you choose to surround yourself from. So I think there's so much that can be yes. learned from that. Yes. And I mean, I'll be honest as a mental health professional, we, talk a lot to our clients and folks that we come into contact with about the importance of embracing vulnerability and being honest and just kind of um, putting yourself out there in a sense, in a safe way and in a safe space. However, we are our own worst enemies and that we do not take our advice. I'll be the first person to say it. We do not take our own advice. Advice. And I, I kind of was like, you know, Tiana, you can't 
be talking to these young girls about embracing vulnerability and being transparent and you are not doing this work you're not doing the same and i i don't know i found a real beauty in vulnerability which i did not think i would find because i'm a naturally private person um even doing this interview um when we initially started to have the conversation my first thought was oh my god i'm so excited but then also oh wow am i really doing this right because i uh, i'm a naturally private individual however to that point i found that when i've embraced vulnerability and transparency in a sense it has created the opportunity to have a lot of connective experiences with other women that I otherwise would not have had if I didn't allow myself that space of transparency and vulnerability. Um, other women who were honest about the difficulties in balancing this thing called life, right? And uh, embarking on multiple endeavors. Moms who would reach out to say, what you're doing is so inspiring having those conversations i would have robbed myself of the opportunity had i not embraced a bit of vulnerability and a bit of transparency and i'm not i'm not telling your listeners to just jump head first i'm not saying that because that is scary as heck and i'm not saying that what i am saying is find a way to do it in a way that feels good for you in a way that feels safe and supportive and i think you'd be surprised at what can come of that? So I think that's, that's a great, my question for you was actually the word vulnerability and transparency can have many different meanings depending on who you're speaking to and it's on many different levels and we're all comfortable at different, different zones, you know, we have different comfort zones. So for you, Tiana, what did that mean? I mean, yes, we say the words and we talk about it, but what did that mean for you? Mm. So for me, vulnerability and transparency looked like today was a really hard day. Today, I had so many deadlines that I had to meet. Um, I didn't get a chance to take out dinner the night before. I have two papers that I need to write, and I'm feeling really overwhelmed and voicing that to a trusted friend. Whereas before, I'm feeling overwhelmed, I'm really stressed out, I might even be experiencing burnout, and I'm keeping that to myself. That is as a mental health. Right. I mean, you know, as a social worker, we treat and meet with other people and we help them on their journeys of feeling overwhelmed and feeling burnt out. But sometimes we can give so much of ourselves to other people that we forget to take care of ourselves. And I have been so guilty of that. And, you know, especially as of recently, I've had girlfriends say to me, Tiana, it's okay to say that this is difficult for you, or it's okay to reach out and ask for help. It's okay to do food delivery if you guys weren't able to get dinner together, you know, the night before. Like, it's okay to say that I'm not okay. It's okay to reach out for help. 
And for me, that's what vulnerability and transparency looked like for me. Case in point, when I was um, doing my summit and I was starting to get things together, as great of an event as it was, it was also pretty overwhelming as well and tiring. Yeah, Renee, I was tired, okay? Absolutely, um, I get you, I get you. <laughs> work in the event world and like other job and it's like, it can be exhausting. Oh my God, I mean, and it's like you said, it's not the only thing that I'm doing at that particular time, right? I have X, Y, and Z going on. So I found myself just really tired. And in thinking about the day of the event, I was talking to my girlfriend and saying, this is a lot, this is a lot for me. And her response was, well, did you reach out to secure volunteers? I said, no. She was like, Tiana, why don't you have volunteers? I was like, well, you know, I figured um, I could just kind of do it. I guess on my own, I knew my mom would be there, so I figured I'd be okay. She said, stop. I need you to see volunteers out because this is a lot and you need help. And I said, okay. And thank God I did because I could not have put on that event without the help of the amazing volunteers, some of which even reached out via social media. Going back to the, you know, highlighting the, the positives of social media, I had folks reach out that came across my page or maybe saw one of my workshops and said, hey, I see you have an event coming up. I'd love to get involved. Let me know if you need help. And just the power of reaching out and being vulnerable, allowing folks to see, to see you without that mask on. I find that so, so often we, you know, we go around our everyday lives sometimes wearing masks and folks have no idea what it is that you might be dealing with, what you might be going through. So I've started to take my mask off, Renee, and I like it. It's, it's a little scary, but I'm, I'm learning to embrace it. It's a little sexy and freeing, right? Yes, 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 it is, it is. Mm -hmm. Yeah, um, and I, I love the way you described what vulnerability and transparency meant to you because, you know, I think some people get afraid of that sometimes because they don't want to put everything and splash it all over social media. They don't want to, they don't know how to, how do you vent without venting too much or too little or looking like a whiner? And so just the fact that you said for you, it's just about telling a trusted friend about your crap day that, you know, in, in your world, it felt crap to you, but to somebody else, you'd be like, man, if I could just handle what Deanna's doing, you know, my day would be like a 10, but you know, we all have different levels. And I think that sharing, hearing that you share that with somebody who's not you know all over the social media place it's privately that that is considered you know being transparent so absolutely absolutely and to your point renee also knowing the importance of boundaries as well i you know sometimes it's helpful for me to reach out to folks and let them know hey i might need help with x y and z but sometimes what i really need are moments for myself to really kind of pause and slow down and understand what it is that I might have to accomplish or what it is that I have to do or to just kind of process something I'm dealing with. Sometimes I need that space for myself to be alone with my thoughts and my Zen Den. I don't know if it'll come out clear enough for your listeners, but this is my Zen Den. This is my retreat within my home where I come to just pause and take a moment and Sometimes, sometimes we need that. So I, I think 
It's learning for yourself what you need at any particular point in time. A, a big, big, big thing that I talk to my teens about is the importance of coping skills and not just relying on one particular coping skill. Today, journaling might work really well, but tomorrow you might not feel like journaling. Tomorrow you might want to go for a walk outside yep. or to have some time with your pet at home. It varies. You really have to figure out what works best for you because everyone needs coping skills, but you need like a, I would say a go to five coping skills that really kind of help you to manage and mitigate whatever life might throw at you. I love that because it's not just a one set and done and different scenarios do call for different types of coping skills. I mean, sometimes you need to get the energy out. You need to run. You need to go get in a good workout, go for a walk, you know, and other times you do need to go to like your Zen Den, which I was going to ask you about. It looks so <laughs> tropical. It just, I look at it and I'm just like, Oh, that looks warm and fuzzy. I, I want to join you. So tell us more about that. That sounds like a completely intentional thing that you found that works. Oh, it was very intentional. Um, thankfully, thankfully, I had this space in my home to um, set up just a small space. I, I found myself in a space of like life was moving very quickly. And as great as everything was, I really learned the importance of slowing down and meditation. And I wanted to have a space in my home where I could do that. And my husband, you know, men, they talk about their men cave, yeah. but I wanted to have my woman cave, right? And I wanted to be intentional about what that looked like. And I very much enjoy meditation. I enjoy yoga. I enjoy scenery. I love water and I love greenery. So I literally was at a um, thrift shop and I came across these leaves and I said, you know, I'd really love to have some type of like garden-esque type of feel in my home. I didn't know what it would look like, but I said, I'm going to pick these up. And I did. And I just started to put it together. And then I found this plant at, I think, Target. I love Target. Um, I found this plant at Target. It was super cheap. And I just put it together. And whenever I come home, before I jump into anything or sometimes after I've jumped into something, I like to come down here and to really take a few moments. Um, I reflect on my day. I'm huge on gratitude. Gratitude is very important to me um, because I think sometimes in our day-to-day, -day, we can forget those small things that we are grateful for, small or big. And in reflecting on those things actually does make you feel better, even if for a little bit. Yep. So I come down here, I tell him, I said, give me my five minutes or my 10 minutes of a long time. And I come down here and I really just relax. And it's one of the most comforting feelings for me, especially living in a city like New York City, where everything is hustle and bustle, hustle and bustle. You better move or get run over. That's the kind of mentality yeah. here in the city. And it means everything to me to have this space to just calm and relax. Um, so I mean, for me, it's this, but you know, some of my girlfriends say, well, Tiana, I don't have that space in my home to be able to do something like that. I said, it can be in your car. It can be in your bathroom, taking a shower. It can be a bath. It can, it can be anything. Somewhere that feels good to you, a space that you can find that belongs to you. 
and make it your own. And that's, that's what this Zen Den is. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I love it. And you know, the fact that that's, you know, you found your leaves at a thrift store, you know, and then you, you yes. piece together all the little pieces. It doesn't have to be something extravagant and, you know, HGTV remodel and all of this stuff, you know, it can be something that right. you find that works for you. And I think that makes it a lot more accessible. Right. It becomes more accessible in people's mind when they're like, yeah, I actually could use a place that I really feel chill in. So all of this cost me less than $10. That's so great. Less than $10. And the so when we talk about nice. finding prices, priceless, right? So, you know, and it can be anything. It can be a special jar that means something to you. It can be a, a, a marble set, it, whatever. You add that to any space that you're in and allow yourself, allow yourself moments to really kind of take in your day. For me, you know, being an entrepreneur, you, you wear a lot of different hats. You wear a lot of different hats and a lot can be expected of you. And again, you, you can give so much of yourself to your business and to other people. Or even if you're not an entrepreneur, if, if you're a mom, you give so much of yourself to your children. If you, I mean, whatever role we exist in, I feel like sometimes we can get lost in those roles and it's so important to check in with you and come back to you and how you're feeling because if you're not any good for you you won't be any good for anyone else i agree i agree and you know kind of one more thing just kind of on the zen zen thing even if it's just buying yourself fresh flowers or lighting you know a, a candle that you love to smell um it's those little things that last a long time. And I know it may sound corny on the outside or cheesy if you haven't done that yet, but it really does, you know, once you get into that habit and kind of routine, it really does impact your, your overall environment. Agreed, agreed. So how long did you have kind of on your heart the passion to create Tea Speaks NYC? How long was it there before you kind of took the plunge? Do I have to be honest? Yeah, girl. <laughs> Give us some transparency. Give us some. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I would say it was close to seven years, six, seven years, that I sat on this vision, that I sat on um, this dream that I had. Um, <clears throat> and I, you know, just started to get into the, the field of social work. And I got so comfortable working with someone or working under someone or for someone and doing a lot of the work that I had wanted to do for myself, but again, being too scared and fearful to do so. And it was just easier for me to, in a sense, work under someone as opposed to pursuing my own passion. I love that. I love that statement because you say it was easier, but ultimately yeah. you knew you had to pursue your own passion because it wasn't the same. And that, that is amazing. So. Yeah, it was, you know, sometimes we get those little gut feelings of, you know, something needs to change. Yeah. Or, is this, this thing within us that feels like you could be doing something else. Um, and and that, that's what stayed with me. 
And here's the thing. In that time, I had been moving throughout the world of social work. I had been acquiring really decent jobs that were great. I had gotten my master's degree. I, you know, was doing all this great stuff on the outside, but no one really knew that internally I had this, um, this passion, this thing that I really wanted to do because I kept it to myself for so, so many reasons. And this year I was like, enough is enough. Um, and coincidentally enough, I did a, a podcast interview um, with my girlfriend, who's a host of a, a podcast, the Joy of Social Work podcast. And she spoke to me about accountability and what that looks like. And when the interview was over, she said, we both kind of mutually said, I think it'd be great if we held each other accountable for what it is that we want to do. And I, for anyone listening, 100% advocate for accountability partners because sometimes it's not enough to want to do it on your own. Sometimes you do need that friend or that extra push or support to really help push you along the way. And I said to her, I'd be okay with that. I think at that point, I was starting to feel the itch and knowing that I want to do more. I need to do more. And I would say within a month of us doing that path, I guess you could say, just took off. I filed the LLC. I decided to have this event. We secured amazing sponsors. I partnered with, I mean, the, the success of the business wasn't anything I could have imagined. So it took six, it took a while. It took about six or seven years. But once I finally started to walk in my purpose and to take that leap of faith, it was kind of like, okay, this is what you were supposed to do. Because it just felt right. It feels right. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. And so I'm assuming that it's safe to say that once you took that leap, though, it's not like you had everything figured out. You didn't necessarily know all of the things that went into planning this event or how to secure sponsors and all the details that would take. And I mean, you learned along the way. Is that correct? A hundred percent. A hundred percent. I knew not, I won't say I know nothing, but I had never put on an event before. I had no idea what the process would be like securing a venue space. I had no idea in terms of the cost related to putting on an event, um, the need for sponsors and sponsor. I had no idea. But here's the thing, right? When we take that leap of faith, things start to become very clear and very apparent for you. And I'm a firm believer in if you are doing something that you are meant to do, doors will open for you in ways that you didn't imagine. A hundred percent. Absolutely. A hundred percent. I, one of the sponsors that we had, I literally went into the restaurant and was having a conversation with a parent online, just waiting for the food. And I'm telling her, you know, I really want to put on this bullying summit, but I need some help securing some food sponsors because, you know, it's expensive to buy all these things out of pocket. And she said, you should ask this restaurant to sponsor you. And in my mind, I'm like, no. Um, but then I thought about it and I said, that might not be a bad idea. And I literally went up, made my order of first, of course. And then I said, by chance, is your, is your manager here? I'd love to tell them about an event that I have going on in the community. And 
after speaking with the manager, she loved the idea. She said, I want to be involved. Let me know how I can help you. So it's, it's little steps like that, just talking about your vision, talking about your dream, talking about what it is that you want to do. You never know who you might be talking to, what doors might open for you. And in, in doing so, Renee, we were able to put on the summit with multiple food sponsors, multiple folks that donated um, uh, a sign of strength, donated uh, wristbands for the girls. We had, I mean, the power of taking leaps of faith. The doors will open for you. And do not feel like you have to have everything together because it's, it's that thought process that can go into some of the fear that we experience also, and that I don't have it all together. So of course it's not going to work out. And that couldn't be the farthest thing from the truth. Yeah, for sure. And it's, I mean, it's not like you spent the last seven years planning out this, this event, you know, right. you, were, you were, you know, maybe subconsciously and consciously there, of course, are things going on back there that once you launched, you know, these things, they're on your heart and they have been developing, mm -hmm. creating inside. But um, it, it is amazing when you, you just do something as simple but fearful as talking about what you're doing, how those doors will just kind of open and you could have never planned it. Yes, yes, because you know what? Everyone knows someone that's involved in a field, whether that's finance, whether it's journalism, whether it's nonprofits, whether it's business, whether it's makeup, but Everyone has a friend that knows a friend that does this or does that. But if you're not willing to speak on your own behalf, no one will know what you have to offer. Yeah. No one will know. And you have to be really willing to just take that step. Just take that one step in voicing who you are, what it is that you're about, because you might just end up surprising yourself. I went from not having anything figured out in first planning this summit to now being asked to do a second installment in the spring because the response has been so positive and i've had schools reach out to say we saw this event and we want you to have another one do you know how it impactful for me i'm like me you want me to do another event but again it's just confirmation that this is what I was meant to do. And so that's what I plan on doing. I love it. And I mean, I know that we were kind of chatting a little bit behind the scenes right after your event and taking the time to reflect and kind of decompress and giving yourself that time. And I, only being a week and a half, you know, there's gonna be a lot more of that happening, especially with the end of the year and the beginning of the new year. And then the new people that are reaching out to you that said, this has impacted me. I saw it. And this is what I, this is what I took from it. Um, yeah. in this, in this kind of, and I don't want to say short journey because you know, it's been on your heart, something that you wanted to do for a long time, but between the September and now, what is the most unexpected thing that you think that you've learned along the way? Um, the power of, you know, I don't want it to sound cheesy, but it's, it's just what it is for me. Um, the power of just believing in yourself. Um, I think as adults, we learn a lot of self-sabotaging behaviors, um, some of which can sometimes follow us from our childhood. Um, 
And in having these self-sabotaging behaviors, we sometimes convince ourselves that we're not capable of fulfilling a certain passion or a certain dream. And for me, in being on this journey of just social work and advocacy, but in particular recently with T-Speaks NYC, I've really learned the importance of believing in what you have to offer because it's my inherent belief everyone has a gift, whatever that gift might be. Um, your gift might be doing hair, your gift might be working with young kids, your gift might be um, you know, running businesses, whatever it might be, that is your gift. And I think we all deserve to tap into that to see what can come of it. Um, because in tapping into that, you can really, really um, surprise yourself in a good way at what you are able to accomplish. So believing in yourself, um, yeah. How does one work on their belief in their, in their self? <sighs> taking time with themselves, taking time with themselves because in the process of believing in yourself, sometimes you will stumble. Um, that first restaurant that I went to was successful, right? They believed in the vision and they wanted to be a sponsor, but I didn't get a yes from everyone. Uh, venue spaces that I went to, everyone could not accommodate or did not want to accommodate for whatever reason. Um, folks that I reached out to, to participate or to be a part of, for whatever reason, just did not want to. And in receiving those no's, those no's can confirm your fear, which is something we have to be very careful with, right? Because if you're already in a doubtful or fearful space, when you're receiving no's from folks, those no's can confirm your fears. But if you go back to your why, if you go back to your, what does this mean for me? Why is it important for me? that in itself can help to push you and propel you. Because for everyone that said no, I tell you this, I made sure to find someone that would say yes. And we did, and we did. But it took being patient with myself. It took being honest with myself and very intentional about what it is that I wanted to do, right? So I want to work with youth. Great. What does that look like? Well, I want to do community workshops. I want to do speaking engagements at schools. How do you get to that? Well, I have to connect with certain folks. Being very intentional and very specific about your plan is key. Because if not, it's easy to get sidetracked. It's easy for fear to creep in. But if you have that solid plan, if you are honest with yourself, and if you're patient and kind to yourself, that for me is what kind of helped me to really believe in what it was that I had to offer. That is so good. So good. And speaking, I mean, speaking about youth and who your target is, who you actually work with specifically, do you have a certain uh, demographic specifically just in, from an age range? Yeah, primarily ages 11 to 18. So we're talking about pre-adolescents, right before they get into middle school, all the way up until them leaving high school. My preference is middle school. That is my preference. I really enjoy working with that population because it's almost like they're right out of elementary, so they're trying to figure things out. They think they know, 
but they're still at that very amendable age where you can work with them in a way that's really special. Um, so middle school is my preferred population, but all in all, I service 11 to 18, and both males and females. Um, I just, I feel like what you're doing, there is such a big, big need for it. And uh, I can only imagine, you know, as it's starting to grow, it's going to be a huge ripple effect, you know, not just in NYC, but I feel like it's going to continue to expand. Um, how does, so if you're, you know, your age ranges 11 to 18, how does somebody, if they don't attend one of your events, kind of connect with you or how they, how can they find support from you or how can somebody listening you know, connect their son or daughter to you? Sure, that's, thank you for asking. So one of two ways, or one of three ways, they can go to my website, get an idea of some of what I do and some of my offerings. That's uh, www.tspeaksnyc.com, tspeaksnyc.com. They can also reach out to me via Instagram. I've had so many young people and parents as well reach out in my DMs to say, hey, I heard an interview that you did on this podcast, or I saw one of your workshops online, and I'd really love to get involved. Um, a lot of schools and principals have actually found me that way, and they could also reach out via email as well, tspeaksnyc at gmail.com. Um, and they can reach me any one of those three ways. I'm always open to have a conversation, to talk, to support, to give a referral. That has happened a number of times as well. I've had a parent say, you know, my daughter is dealing with X, Y, and Z, and I really need to find a therapist within our area. Is that something you can help with? That's absolutely something that I help with as well. Um, schools, organizations that, yeah, yeah, schools, organizations that want me to come out to their schools, they email me again or via my Instagram DMs. So that's tspeaksnyc on Instagram or my website tspeaksnyc.com. Wow. To say that you you are kind of, you have your hands full in what you're able to do is, I mean that with like a, a great heart because you are helping so many people by that wide range. Um, just the fact that you're able to help connect somebody to you know, a counselor or, you know, a psychologist or somebody is really huge. And that, that's a very specific type thing. You just, um, it's nice to have a warm referral going into that because it can be very intimidating. Um, if anybody wants to work with you one-on-one, -on -one, is that something that you offer? So one-on-one -on -one mentorship is something I absolutely offer. And I talk to my parents and I'm very specific about what it is that they're looking for mentoring services for their child and what that would look like. And we have a conversation, we build a plan together, what that would look like, the duration of that, and we put that plan into motion. So mentorship is absolutely something that I actually really love doing because it allows me to be with the youth one-on-one -on -one versus in a group setting, which I'm so used to. That's so cool. Um, do you only work kind of in the NYC area? For now, yes. But you know what, Renee? Who knows what 2020 holds? Yes, yes. Um, so exciting. <laughs> I can feel just like a kind of just a solid foundation of energy and just drive and momentum. It's just, 
I can feel it from you. And I know your Zen Den is just kind of, I'm thriving off of that too, but <laughs> so much is coming from you. So <laughs> I love it. Um, share with us just, I thought this was really great, but share with us one of the best pieces of advice that you've been given. Oh. So embrace the journey and embrace the process. Speaking from someone who <clears throat> on the outside looking in, folks would say, you know, she's gotten all these great accolades. Um, I've had media coverage before, work that I've done. I've, I'm an accomplished social worker for being in the field for only 10 years. 10 years sounds like uh, a long amount of time, but it's not compared to folks who've been doing it for 15, 20, 30 plus years, right? And I say all of that to say, sometimes you can get kind of caught up in the end goal and what you're striving for. I've naturally always just strived for the next thing. That's just who I am inherently. But in striving for all of that, Renee, sometimes you can forget the process to appreciate the process before your end goal, especially if in that process, you've hit some bumps along the road or you've received some no's along the road. For me, learning to embrace the process has been such a learning experience for me because I learned throughout that process and in being still and being grateful for that learning process and that that journey of getting to that end goal it makes it so much more satisfying because then it's not just this thing that you're able to attain. It's a, a, a combination of your experience and your, 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 your determination and everything that has gone into this final moment of now I've actually received this. So I tell all my, I mean, I've had female entrepreneurs reach out in my, in my DMs on Instagram to say, you know, this process is such a hard process for me. And I feel like I'm not where I need to be or want to be. And I tell them all the time, embrace this process, embrace your journey. Because when you get to that end goal, it's going to feel that much more satisfying because you can look back and take in all the struggle, all that you went through, what it took for you to get there. And when you get there, it's one of the best feelings in the world. So good. So good. Because I mean, so many times, and I mean, I'm guilty. I feel like everybody's guilty of this at some point. You want to, you know, fast forward to the goal to get there already, to get through all this crap and the steps to get there. But you know, when you do learn to embrace the process, at least you're enjoying that moment in life that, I mean, every moment is one moment that's when it's gone, we're not going to get back. So um, right, right, right. I, I mean, possible. yeah. And I mean, what's a process without struggle? I don't know right. anyone that has gotten to where they are without having some stumble blocks along the way. And I, I don't say this to say that those stumble blocks are easy. I get it. They hurt, they're difficult. It's, you know, no one wants to have to deal with that. But in dealing with that, when you make it through it, you show yourself, I was able to do that. I went through it, I did it, I conquered it, and now here I am. Yeah, bring on the next, the next challenge, that's right. Bring it on, <laughs> bring it on. <laughs> 
So at the end of every um, episode, we always love to hear from our guests about what your red bra moment is. And we talk about a red bra as something at, you know, it's, it's a confident, bold, supportive, um, you know, moment or something that you have done or like a red bra underneath it all. You may, people may know it's there, people may not know it's there, but you know it's there. And um, you know that it's there as a strong, confident, supportive um, thing. And so what is something that you would look back on that you would say, yeah, that's definitely my red bra moment. And I'm going to take that with me. And it's something I reflect on and it, it propels me to move forward. Um, that's, that's an easy one, actually. I, um, I gave a keynote at, in junior high school, maybe a few years ago. And the principal asked me to speak on um, self-worth and loving yourself and what that means and what that can look like for a graduating class um, for middle school. And, you know, I went up there, I did my spiel as I always do. And after my, my uh, speaking engagements, I'm usually uh, really tired because I put so much into it. There's a lot of energy that goes into it. And after I typically like to, you know, fade into the background. And there was a young woman, um, I think she was maybe 13 or 14 years old, who was really trying to get my attention. And I went to speak with her. She said to me, she goes, other kids call me Miss Tiana or Miss T. She goes, Miss T, you are, you are so amazing. And I, I was like, you know, thank you so much. And I said, you know, what's your name? Tell me about yourself. She said, no, 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 no. I don't think you understand what I'm saying. She goes, I want to do what you're doing. She said, I want to be a public speaker. But my friends kind of bully me because she um, had a list, right? And she said, they make fun of the way that I speak. And they make fun of the way that I look. And I never knew that someone that looked like me could do the work that you're doing. And it made me feel so good to see you on stage. Aww. Renee, I was like, Tiana, keep it together. Keep it together. Don't let the tears fall. Don't let the tears fall. But it was so impactful for me to hear a young girl say that because I saw myself in her. I saw myself in her. I knew what it felt like to be teased, be bullied, and to feel like, you know, you're, you're not going to be able to do what it is that you want to do because of what other people had to say. And I left there that day feeling so amazing because I think up until that point, I didn't realize that I served as a representation for other young women who possibly wanted to do similar work or would see confidence in me and want to exude that and reflecting on that has stayed with me for a really long time what an incredibly memorable moment i mean that's amazing and you said it at the beginning but one conversation at a time and that that is how you are just tremendously impacting our youth and being um a mentor for our youth to find their voice and to talk about mm. you know mental um struggles and and bring it to fruition and just 
bring mental health and wellness to something and hearing that, you know, they, they come up to you. This one little girl came up to you and was able to share what was on her heart immediately. Um, keep doing what you're doing because as you know, it's so powerful and we need, we need you out there. <laughs> we need you out there. Thank you. Thank you are you. so welcome. Thank you. thank you for, thank you for even uh, letting me be able to tell my story. Um, because I think there's true power in being able to tell your story. Um, and it feels really good. It can feel really good when done in the right way. Um, so thank you for creating this platform, not just for me to tell my story, but the many other women that you work with as well. Um, you're doing some really impactful work. Um, don't take that lightly. Um, and I really admire that. So thank you. Thank you. You're so welcome. And um, before we wrap up, we do close all of our shows with a quote. So the quote that we found for you tonight is simple, but I think that it is just, it's perfect. So, oh, okay. Believe you can, and you're halfway there, Theodore Roosevelt. And I mean, we talked about belief. We talked about believing in yourself. We talked about self-doubt. We talked about fear. And it comes back to a simple word belief and uh mm. that is something that you are living proof of and i loved that you were vulnerable and you shared that this was something that was you know on your heart and in your mind and you knew that you had to do it seven eight years ago and you took the leap this past september and you didn't quit and you didn't ignore that voice and i think that's an inspiration to so many listeners out there who have something on their own heart it could be something different they could be incredible at mowing lawns and they have this great idea to have this lawn mowing business yep. and you know it, but it's still there and it's like, just do it. So. Yes. Yes. Agreed. Agreed to everything you just said. Yes. Thank you so much. And thank you to all of our viewers for tuning in tonight. Uh, we are going to make sure to connect all of Tiana's ways that you can reach out to her. I know that she shared them in this, um, in this episode. If you guys are listening and you know of somebody that would definitely thrive from hearing this episode, please share with them. Um, one story can impact somebody in the most powerful of ways. So we feature all kinds of stories from all over the globes, um, all over the globes, plural. Yeah. Um, but um, all over the globe and you know, make sure to subscribe to our channel and follow us over at uh, the Red Bra Project on Instagram. So that's where we get all of the updates and we stay pretty current over there. And then you can go and check out all of our past uh, guests, blog posts and everything on the redbraproject.com and of course on our YouTube channel. So Tiana, thank you for your time tonight. Thank you. Bye everyone. Looking forward to connecting with you guys. Sounds great. Thanks everybody. Have a wonderful night. so excited you stopped by. If the story resonated with you, if you could take one second and share it with somebody who needs it in their life, we would be so grateful. Stories hold so much power. We'd love to hear from you. So tell us what you think. Tell us what you want to hear more of. Come on over and say hi to us at The Red Bra Project on Instagram. You can check the full written blog posts on our website, theredbraproject.com. And every single one of our podcasts has a video to go with it over on our YouTube channel, The Red Bra Project. So thank you again for joining us and we will see you soon.